worry is um, when they look at um, illnesses, and I think this is a little bit of an older study and it's probably based in the States, but you probably find that we are similar with it in regard to Western culture. But a great percentage of our illnesses is in some way related to worry, anxiety and stress. In fact, the number one killer in America is heart disease. 38% of all deaths are heart-related and many of those are related to hypertension, high blood pressure and anxiety. Uh, worry has been linked to um, cancer, um, lung ailments, accidents, cirrhosis, um, gastrointestinal illness and suicide. Three out of four of all visits to primary care physicians are stress-related com- uh, complaints or disorders. Now, for the worriers out there, you've actually worried even more now because you're going, oh, no, something else, I'm going to die earlier. Like, you've actually added something else into it. But the question is, if we know that worry is a killer, then why do we do it? Um, And today we're going to be talking about, like, um, the first week we talked about unhealthy and healthy fears. Uh, We talked about, uh, last week, we talked about putting fear in its proper place. Now, where's the proper place for fear? Well, are God's feet, or what was that? So that, I won't disagree with that one. wasn't what I said last week, though, but God is the first part of it. God's hand. Putting it in God's hands. Our fear we place in God's hands. And what was the process that followed after that? We were looking at Philippians. If we put our fears in God's hands and we trusted the process, what was the likely outcome? Peace. Peace? Peace that doesn't even make sense. Like, that's the way I actually like to paraphrase that verse. It says peace that passes all understanding, but it's peace that doesn't even make sense, but it's peace. And so when we place our fear into God's hand and put it in its proper place, all of a sudden we trust God in the process. We come to a place where we are able to know the peace of God. And so um, as we keep doing that, we, we go, today we're moving and looking at focusing a little bit tighter in our focus because... Again, who's worried about anything that's coming up this week? Yep. Um, anyone worried about anything this afternoon? Like just um, like we 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 worry ahead of the game quite a bit, um, and and again, like it's not bad to plan and and do all those kinds of things. I'm not saying that we should be so free spirited that we don't know what's happening tomorrow. I'm going to might show up for work. I may not. I might feed my kids. I may not. Um, I might get out of bed, I may not. Like, I'm, I'm saying, but the thing is, the worry that comes with that, like, um, have you ever been one of those when you've had to really get up really, really early for something? Like, you're travelling somewhere and you're going, I'm going to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. And, and your body actually is aware of the worry and it wakes you up at 1 o'clock in the morning then 2 o'clock, 2.15, 2 2.30, 3 o'clock, and then, okay, I might as well get up now. Like, but the thing is, because you worry about what you're going to do, all of a sudden, it robs you of of that precious sleep that you're wanting. Like, say, four o'clock, you start driving off, and then all of a sudden, five o'clock, and oh, I'm feeling exhausted now. Been up for hours. I should have started ages ago. And so, we're going to be talking to talking about um, today, looking through uh, Matthew, uh, looking at the verse from Matthew six thirty four. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Now, it's got a little bit of end on this verse, which I love because it says each day has enough trouble of its own. God is not saying that today is not going to have trouble. It's got enough for today, though. Tomorrow's trouble, we'll leave it with tomorrow. And God is not saying there won't be trouble tomorrow, or the next day, or the next week, or the next month, or the next year. God is not saying that this year may not be another COVID year. 
He doesn't actually say that. But he's saying, don't worry about that today. Trust in me today. And so we're going to be looking at that idea of, of don't worry about tomorrow, focusing on today and, and really having a, a narrower, I suppose, viewpoint when it comes to trusting in God. Um, so I'm going to jump a little bit more into Matthew 6 and find out how we can understand and practice this principle that we've been f- about being focused on today. Now look at verses 25 and 26 of, of Matthew 6. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Now, again, if you, if you stop in certain places in the Bible, it actually sounds really bad. If you pause right there, do not worry about your life, it's almost saying don't care about yourself. Well, we know that God actually says love other people as much as you love yourself. So if you, if you don't sort of put it all into context, it doesn't make sense. It says, do not, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body. What you will wear is, life, is not life more than food and body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap and store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. So then this is a part you've got to add on to that first bit. Are you not, are you not much more valuable than they? God is saying don't worry about your... He doesn't say to not worry about your life because you're not worth something. He's saying don't worry, don't stress, don't fret, don't, don't doubt, don't, don't be anxious because your life is more valuable than everyone else that God provides for. All the animals that are in this world that God looks after, God cares about you more. So don't worry because you've got a God who cares. And so that, what that brings us to is we, we need to understand our value in Christ, who we are in Christ, what makes us special to God. Now again, so this is something that a lot of us worry about. We go, am I really special to God? Does, does, do I need to do more at church? Do I need to be here earlier at church? Do I need to stay later here at church? Do I need to do more jobs at church? Do I need to pray longer? Do I need to read my Bible once every day all the way through to prove my value to God? Do I need to learn Greek and Latin so I can sort of say, God, look at how special of a Christian I am. Some of us think like that. Some of you may have had history like that where you go, do you know what? I've got to earn my place in a church or this church or, or with God. I've got to do that. And all of a sudden we start worrying about something brand new that we weren't worrying about before we came to Christ. It is important that we remember that life is more important than the food that we eat, the clothes that we wear, the holiday that we might take next month, the size of our retirement account, or anything else you might be currently concerned um, with. In fact, God believes you are of so much value that he sent his one and only son to die and suffer in your place that you might spend eternity with him. That is one amazing invitation. And you know when you get those cool invitations to birthday parties and like if you're a kid, if it's a superhero or a princess, that's great. Or you get invited to someone else having a special party and you go, oh, it's a really fancy invitation. You go, that's really special. God's invitation was Jesus Christ on the cross. That's what it was. It was, I'm inviting you to be with me forever. And this is your invitation. That's how much value we have to God. Um, the Father doesn't want us wasting one second of this precious life paralysed by unhealthy fear, worry, anxiety or doubt. Now, I'm just going to stop right there. He's not saying that there's no reason to, to not worry at times. We, we spoke that first week about healthy fear. And there are some times that we're going to be concerned about stuff. And that's okay. 
but it's the unhealthy fear, unhealthy worry, unhealthy anxiety and unhealthy doubt that we let our, fill our lives up at times that God doesn't want there. Hey, if you've got to go see a doctor and, and, and there's a bit of concern there, yeah, be worried. Put it in God's hands. Let God give you peace. But it's okay to have that worry. I'm not saying we walk around saying, I'm not worried, I'm not worried, I'm not worried, I'm not scared. I'm not... That, that's, that's foolishness. But it's the unhealthy stuff that God wants us to do. And that's in the, in, in the first week, and have you heard it, go back and listen to it. Because in that, that week we talked about that idea of, of trusting um, and being, I suppose, exploring our fears and knowing which ones were the right fears to have and the wrong fears to have. Without fear, God is willing to take it all on. And, um, and that was the secret that Paul learned, that um, if, with my fear and worry and anxiety, if I put it in God's hands, um, in verse 6 and 7 of, of, of Philippians 4, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving present, uh, your request to God's. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Where do we worry from? We worry in our heart about things we worry in our heads. Anyone ever been kept up late at night worrying about something over and over again? Some of them, like, some, some people, like my dad, because he fixes and builds stuff and designs stuff, he'll stay up all night thinking about how he could do something better. And he said, oh, I was thinking about it last night, and I don't know how long he'll be thinking about it, but he'll come up with a different way of doing something that he's, or something he's working on. How do I fix that? Other people worry about different things. We might worry about our kids. And all of a sudden, we were oh, like, oh, it could be school's going back in a few weeks. Have I got everything ready for my kids tomorrow? It could be like, it can be so many different things. But we worry from our head and our heart. But God says, I can give you peace there if you present them to me. If you give them to me, I'll give you peace. Um, and so in saying that and looking at those, um, as we've read from Matthew 6 today, Jesus is saying that we don't need to worry and we don't need to waste our eternal valuable time and energy on things that, will, that are even beyond our control at times. And so we need to understand our value in Christ. But we secondly need to worry, what we need to focus on is what God gives us each day, our daily bread. Um, you, and uh, Alison, I think, got it right before that there is a command for fear not which appears 365 times from Genesis to Revelation. Um, so you could actually, um, if you're, you want to go through and find them all, you could do up a calendar and, and actually read one of these verses each day, every day. Here's a couple of examples. Isaiah 43.1. It says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you, and I have called you by name, you are mine. Now, you might have heard that in a song before. Now, let's just look at that verse a little bit. Now, what does redeemed mean? Anyone? Yeah, God has paid for us. He's paid our debt. We were in slavery. God has bought us back. And in fact, God has bought us so that we can be free. Um, he has called you by name. So let's just dwell on that. The God of this universe calls out your name. So from our oldest here, who might be hard of hearing, to our youngest, who are just um, sort of selective hearing. So, um, and everyone in between. So the thing is, God actually calls out your name. That's, again, we talk about your value. And it, then he says, you are mine. And this, is, this isn't a loving way. Hey, God says that we are with him. We are part of his team. We are part of his family. He loves us. Now, what a great 
verse about fear because there's so much more than that. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So again, we look at that verse about fearing not. Our reason for fearing not is because God is with us. He actually identifies as our God. And then he says, I will strengthen you. Again, he will do that. He will strengthen. He will help us. And I will uphold you. Now again, if we're putting our fear into the hands of God, well that's why there. God says, I'm going to put out my hand. Put your fears there. I'm going to grab them for you. Um, Now I want to turn your attention now to something Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, also found in Matthew 6. In regards... In regards to prayer, he says in Matthew um, verses, um, uh, chapter 6, verse 9 to 11, he said, "Then This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Jesus reminds us of a couple of key things here. First, our God of heaven in heaven is holy and worthy of our reverence. His will on earth is what we need. And secondly, we need him to, him to give us our daily bread, our daily nourishment, our daily sustenance. Now, that is our, our physical needs, that is our, our, our food, that is God providing our needs in that way. So if you've got a job, that is God providing for your needs. Um, and God may supply, supply miraculously at times. If you've got someone who cooks well at home, that is God using them to provide your, your physical needs in that way. But sometimes there are other things that we need on a daily basis that God gives us. And again, that's what what God is wanting to do. Um, Many of us consume a daily portion of fear, add to that anxiety, worry and doubt, and we're filling ourselves with, with, I suppose, emotional and spiritual junk food instead of the divine sustenance we really need. And we we all know when a um, a steady diet of junk food leads us. So before we move on, Catch a hold of what Jesus is saying in Matthew 6. He's telling us not to worry about tomorrow. It has enough trouble of its own. He's also telling you to pray and specifically ask God for your daily food and nourishment that you need. Whether that is emotional food, whether that is spiritual food, whether that is a practical need that God is needing to fill in your life. Even his advice on prayer is focused on your practical everyday needs. You see, God is not only the eternal divine creator of the entire cosmos, he is also our heavenly father. And we saw that in those fear verses, that God is not just the one who can do stuff, but he loves us through that. Uh, he, 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 he calls to us by name. And I don't know, maybe, maybe there's those times when, like God is, like when you're waking up your kids, hey, time to wake up, wake up. I, I've done that with Caleb. I'm going to use Caleb here because Caleb's a really good example of this. Because there's sometimes I use Caleb's name and Caleb knows that there's going to be a very different response to what's happening. And maybe sometimes God calls our name that way as well. But even when he calls our name that way, God loves us. When he yells out, Keith, what are you doing? Why have you done that? I know that I'm still in relationship with him. I might be a little bit ashamed, I might be a little bit embarrassed, I might be a little bit worried because all of a sudden have I stepped out of God's grace, but I know that God is still loving me through that. So we've got, we understand that we have value in Christ, we understand that God will provide our daily needs. So what is our responsibility in this? 
I said earlier that it, it, it can be incredibly freeing, and I want to build that up a little bit. When we actually place our hands on God, we focus on today, we can actually free ourselves from the worry of tomorrow and the burden that that brings. Um, I want to call your attention back to what we learned about fear in the past couple of Sundays. We, we talked about the difference between fear and unhealthy fear. We talked about putting fear in its proper place. And when you add that to what we're talking about today, and as, even what I was talking about earlier, do we believe what the Word of God is saying? Like, Because what we're talking about today is that it will help us to, for us to overcome that fear that can cripple us. With some self-discipline and confidence in the process, we take fear, worry, anxiety and put them in the proper place knowing that our responsibility is to be focused on today. Uh, Matthew six thirty-two and 33. For the pagans run around after all these things. So God is just, Matthew, in the um, chapter 6 of Matthew, Jesus has spoken about that the, the pagans chase around all after food and, 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 and drink and money and clothes. So the pagans run after all these things, but your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So pagans run around after everything. That doesn't happen in our world, do it? Like People are very content with what they have. In fact, everyone here would be very content with what they have, don't they? Like, um, I'm seeing no nods. Like, am I, am I mistaken about my church? I thought you were very content people. But the thing is, like at times, we probably act a little pagan when we, in regards to that verse. The new, bright, shiny thing, whatever that is, comes in front of us. We need that. We want that. All of a sudden, when there's a new job promotion, there's something at work that we want to change. Oh, I want that. I want that. And all of a sudden, we, we're running after those things. Now, some of those things will come... Because the, the verse actually went, it says all these things will be given unto you as well. It's not saying that hey, a job promotion won't happen. It's not saying that you won't have this brand new thing. It's not saying you won't get like um, an, something new in that sense. It's not saying that you, you can't retire. You can't, it's not saying any of those things, but it's saying we've got to put it in the right process. It's saying that, okay, first and foremost, we seek God. We actually turn our focus and saying, God, what do you want of me today? And just put everything else aside. I'm going to trust you today supplying my needs, God. I'm not going to run around like that. All of a sudden these things, they come bit by bit. You may have to wait a bit longer. I understand that. There are times that you've got to wait longer than what you had hoped for. But God is good. God knows what we need. I don't need to worry about that. If God makes me wait a week longer or a year longer, that's okay. God knows what he's doing. There are times I may question that, but right now in this place I can say, well, I know that God knows what he's doing. Hopefully when I get to that point where I'm doubting what God is doing, I'll go, okay, that, that idea will come back, that truth will come back to me really quickly. So our responsibility is to turn to God and seek him and his will. You don't have to be consumed with what, what might happen tomorrow or next month or when the kids move out or go to school. You are too valuable and your time on earth is too precious to be lost to future fear that truly you don't have control of anyhow. Don't, don't we worry about some things that are beyond our control anyway? And yet we, we, will, we will make ourselves sick. Like I said at the start, we'll be, our guts will feel wrong, our, 
Our, we won't sleep. We'll be tired. We need excess coffee, which probably makes it worse. Like, why worry and burden ourselves with things that we can't control? As people of God, we live and walk by faith and we trust God even in the face of fear. And as we're learning through this series, we can play an active role in identifying fear and giving it back to God. This is our daily responsibility. But the thing is, when we look at Scripture, there are times when we see fear has had a detriment to people as a group or even individuals. Um, Who knows the story of the 12 spies that Moses sent out into the land? It happens in, in Numbers uh, chapters 13 and 14. If you want to have a read of it. But they went to explore the promised land and they returned. Well, when they come back, if you read the story well, they return with a report and saying the land was fantastic. They're selling it well. And then this big but came in the middle of their report. But it is full of giants. It is full of fortified cities. What can we do? We shouldn't have left Egypt we are all going to die. They probably wouldn't have presented it that calmly, actually, so I probably should have screamed it at you like that, like in a plane, we're all going to die! And that's, that's probably how they started to sort of whip up the crowd. Only Caleb and, and, and Joshua stood there, and Caleb is amazing in this chapter. I, this, is, this is why Caleb got his name, because um, I love the character of Caleb here, because what he did, they actually went on saying, the land is full of giants, it's full of these great cities, and Caleb goes, let's go do it now. That was his response. He's going, yeah, yeah, I know. I know exactly what's there. Let's go do it now. And people say, oh, Caleb, just, just wait a little bit. Like, um, and, but Caleb was ready to go right then and there to go conquer the land. There's no fear in him at all. But ten of the spies inspired the whole generation to be so afraid that they became disobedient to God. And what was the outcome? That choice paralyzed an entire generation that they missed out on the promise of God for the next 40 years until all of that generation so I think it was anyone over the age of 20 they lived out their days and when they had all died God then turned this new generation towards the promised land and saying it is now yours and I just finished reading Joshua um, this started this past week and at the end of it you, you see Caleb um, he comes up again and, and he's an old man by this point in time and they're dividing the land and there's this, this hill country um, which is great country but it's, again it's full of this really big warrior people and Caleb goes to Joshua hey I spied out this land many years ago and God said he was going to give me this land now I'm 95 years old I'm still as strong as the day I came into this land for the first time give it to me and I will go claim it for God and so you, you see this different response. And so Caleb was not imprisoned by his fear. And even though he had to wait for it, he received the promise of God. But there was a generation of people that they allowed their fear to rob them of what God wanted to give them. Uh, and it stole their precious time. It stole what they had. Now, we do that. We do that so much. When we let the worry, the fear, the doubt, the anxiety, all of a sudden it robs us of not only time, but it robs us even of the fruit of the Spirit. It robs us of joy. It robs us of peace. It robs us of all those other things that God wants to give us. And, see, and this is the thing, like, 
I understand what God is wanting to do for us here. It doesn't mean that I always follow this through, but God is saying, I want you to live this way because you will enjoy life so much more. This is my promise for you. And yet we choose fear and worry and we don't. And God's saying, if you give your fear to me, if you give your worry to me, if you focus on today, then you will know the peace and the other fruit that comes with what I'm giving you. And so it comes back to our, uh, our, our choice. We've got to ask ourselves, is fear robbing you of the promises of God in our lives? Is fear stealing our precious time? Are you feeling paralysed by the potential trouble that the future may or may not bring? You, you, you know what? What you're worrying about might exactly come through. Your boss may be about to fire you. Things in your family may be looking awful. You, you, there could be this hurl in front of you. You go, this, is, this could be worse than I imagined. And you might be right, but God can take care of that. He will not leave you or forsake you. We talked about in Isaiah. He will go through you with it. I could go on and on here, and there are multiple ways fear affects and redirects our lives. And I want to say, like, a few weeks ago, we, I said it speaks to just how destructive, unhealthy fear can be in our lives. And we need power, love and self-discipline, looking at that verse in Timothy, um, to help overcome it. We, de- we desperately need the discipline to check ourselves throughout the day. We need discipline to form new habits in identifying healthy fear from an unhealthy fear. We need abundant power and love in our responses. And today I want to add um, another layer to that. We only... We only need to exercise spirit-filled self-discipline one day at a time. In harmony with Matthew 6 passages from earlier, we, we just need to be focused on today. Tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. So last couple of weeks I've been giving you a, a challenge. I'm not sure how you've been doing that. Uh, I know this past week for me um, I had worries about the house. And I remember going home and last week I remember I shared some prayers that you could pray. Thank God. Praise God and then ask him what you need. And that's exactly what I did. I'm driving home and saying, God, can't control this. I, I know what I want and I ask for that, but God may not give me that. And, and I was like, okay, I can. And so just going through that process and trusting God with it becomes important. So that was a, something I asked you to do last week. So this week I want to add to that. So because we went, we placed fear back in God's hands through gratitude-laced prayers. And as you continue to make this a habit, I believe you'll experience the divine peace we've been talking about. But what I want you to do today is is focus on each day. If you find yourself racing ahead of yourself on a day, rein it in and say, God, I thank you for today. I thank you for what you're wanting to do in my life today. Help me see more of what you're doing. These worries that are for tomorrow, I'm going to give you them in your hand, and Lord, let us face them tomorrow, but let's not do it today. Take time to focus on one day at a time. Um, Could you imagine if the 12 spies returned and they led a communal prayer like this? Father in heaven, thank you for freeing us from the slavery in Egypt. Thank you for providing us for us these past 40 days in the desert. Thank you for bringing us here to the very edge of the land you've promised, Lord. We see giants living in the land, though. They have impenetrable cities and we're scared. It's hard to see how we might be successful in battle against enemies like them. But God, we know that you can do anything. You spoke to Moses from a burning bush. You parted the Red Sea. You destroyed the armies of Pharaoh. And we trust that you can do this as well. Lead us 
calm our hearts and deliver us into the promised land. Imagine if they prayed that. That that story of Israel would have been very different. In fact, there would have been no 40 years in the wilderness. would have been like we would have had nothing to relate to for all the times that we kind of go through the wilderness. But then imagine that for us. Whatever you are facing, whatever is there for you in the next day, in the next week, in the next month. Maybe you're a young person worried about stuff at school. Maybe you're a not-so-young person going, well, you're worried about family and, 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 and the other side of things. But imagine we take time to pray like that and remember what God has already done in and around us and say, God, we thank you for that. God, I know you worked in that situation. I know you provided for me there. God, I know that you are at work in this world. I know you are at work in my life. I can trust you. But God, this thing that I'm facing, and I'm worried about it, I'm scared about it, help me to trust in you. Help me to be calm through it. Help me to go through this knowing that you are there. I thank you for the peace that will come. Amen. I don't know what you've got facing you. But God promises to give each one of us the peace and that passes all understanding. How different would your life look today or could your life look if you truly focus on this day, thank God for it, and gave your fears into his hands. Let's just take some time to pray. While, while your head's about, I just want to give you an opportunity to take some time to pray for yourself. Maybe there's a worry or a fear that it's just really present in your life right now. And it's, it's paralysing you, it's, it's, or it's slowing you down at least. I just wanted to give you some time to, to really thank God for what he has already done in your life and to place it in his hands and trust him with it today. But as you've heard the prayers that have been sent to you this morning, maybe even some are going on right now, uh, you hear each one, you understand each one. You are able to be present in those people's lives and face whatever those situations are. I thank you for that, God. I thank you, God, that you are big enough to face my worries and my fears with me and overcome them. I I thank you that I can trust in you each and every moment of my life. Even when it feels out of control, Lord, I know that you will not fail me or forsake me. Lord, even when I'm hurting, even when I'm lost, even when, God, I feel like giving up, I know that you will not fail. And today, Lord, I, I pray that we are able to focus on what is in front of us, that we are able to trust you in that process, that we can trust you with our children and the worries we have for them. We can trust you with our jobs, our homes, our health. We can trust you for our city, our, our country, our nation, at the world, we can trust you in the middle of, middle of COVID. We can trust you and we can put it in your hands and we can focus on today. And I pray by doing that, we, we not only know the peace that passes all that understanding, but the other fruit of the Spirit will become part of our life in abundance and we will live free in joy and hope and purpose that we will get out of bed each day and, and know the reason for living is in you. And so, Lord, may you truly be present in our thoughts and minds. May we seek you and your kingdom as we seek to trust you with our fear, trust you with our worry, 
and to be obedient to your commandment to fear not. We pray this in your name. Amen.